Blog Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Deliverance is next. Parental discretion is advised. Live worldwide. Deliverance with your host, Jay Bartlett. For the next half hour, Jay will be exploring the unknown, the strange, the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience deliverance. into this juice. Jay, what did you put into this juice? Groaned a young woman in her late 20s. I didn't put anything into the juice, I answered. Well, this tastes like blood. This juice tastes like blood. I've never tasted anything like it. It's a weird taste like I've never experienced. She shared with me with a level of disgust in her tone, what this woman was referring to was the juice I invited her to partake of during a public Holy Communion service that I held in Dallas not too long ago. She was disgusted. She was disgusted with the taste of the juice as it tasted like blood. This dear saint was a visitor to one of our services. She had arrived with her husband and two little children with the hopes of finding relief from a variety of demonic problems that had plagued her over the years. We had discovered that her father was involved in Egyptian black magic and Satanism. Obviously, this direct contact with the forces of evil brought her family under a direct satanic assault that held her family in captivity. So as a minister, as a believer in Christ, I invited this demonized mother to partake of the holy blood, the holy holy body of the Lord Jesus Christ, to prepare her for the ministry that was to take place that very night. Now, her response didn't surprise me, as I've seen such responses before over the years. As upon consecrating the bread and juice, the sacred elements are changed and are seen in the spiritual world as the body, as the blood of the Lamb of God. The bread becomes the body. The juice becomes the blood. In other words, Transubstantiation occurs. That's right, transubstantiation occurs. The bread becomes the body. The juice becomes the blood. Holy Communion is a powerful, powerful sacrament of the Holy Church. For just, just because of this very fact right here. The very bread that you dispense, the very blood, the very juice that you dispense becomes the body and the blood 
of the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. This place is Holy Communion, the Eucharist, in its own category among the sacraments, the sacrament of the sacraments. And today I begin the series sharing with you my experiences, what I've learned from the scriptures and throughout church history and the power of the sacraments, how they can be used, the sacraments can be used in the rite of exorcism, in the ministry of deliverance. I believe the sacraments are Christocentric. They center on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why they are powerful, because it's, it's, it's an extension of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think marriage is? My marriage, holy matrimony is a sacrament. Does it not reflect our oneness, our union with the Lord Jesus Christ? As you see, I'm very passionate about the sacraments. There are seven. That universally, the church acknowledges. And primarily in the Orthodox and the Catholic traditions, it's the baptism. It's the confirmation. It's the Eucharist, the Holy Communion. It's the penance, the anointing of the sick, holy orders, and holy matrimony. Now, the Vatican, the Vatican City sees the sac seven sacraments as touching all of stages and all the important moments of the Christian life. They give birth, increase, healing, and mission to the Christian's life of faith. Thus, there's a certain resemblance between the stages of natural life and the sta stages of the spiritual life. There's much, my friends, I want to share with you on the mysteries of the sacrament in relation to spiritual warfare, in the context of the ministry of exorcism, in the context of the ministry of deliverance. Now, many of you that listen to this broadcast come from a more of a Protestant tradition. Many of you have never been exposed to the teachings of the sacraments. You have no idea what I'm talking about. You may have understood that baptism, perhaps, or holy matrimony is a sacrament. I mean, many days, and in many churches, holy communion is not even practiced very often. And this is a very unfortunate. That is why I'm spending the time to do a, a series of broadcasts on this very subject, on the holy sacraments of the Holy Church. Because these sacraments are weapons, are spiritual weapons to dispel the forces of darkness, to fight back the evil spirits, to cast them out in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, don't turn me out. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me out. As I think, I, I truly believe. There's much to learn on the sacraments. So join me as I investigate the power of the sacraments in exorcism on tonight's edition of Deliverance. I'm Jay Bartlett, and I'll be here for the next half hour exploring the unknown, the strange, and the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience Deliverance. <laughs> What will people do when they hear that I'm a Jesus priest? What will people do? 
Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with another story of a Jesus freak from the Voice of the Martyrs. In 1945, most Romanians ran from the Russian tanks rolling into their villages. Richard and Sabina Wormbrand handed gospel booklets to the tank commanders. Having spent more than 14 years in prison, Wormbrand would later testify to the U.S. Senate about brutalities suffered under communism, even taking off his shirt to reveal 18 deep torture wounds. Richard Wormbrand, founder of The Voice of the Martyrs, once said, As the communist atheists allowed no place for Jesus in their hearts, I decided I would leave not the smallest place for Satan in mine. For more on his life and legacy, go online to persecution.com. Have you ever considered that much of the New Testament was written by persecuted Christians to persecuted Christians? Paul wrote from jail to encourage the church at Ephesus. Peter wrote to Christians driven from Jerusalem and scattered across Asia Minor. What should the response be from Christians in the West today who can barely imagine suffering for our faith? We should study the lives of martyrs throughout history and around the world today. We should pray in brokenness for our pride and in gratitude for our freedom. And we should read the New Testament with fresh eyes and a humble spirit. To learn how you can pray for Christians facing persecution in restricted nations, Call 875-V-O-I-C-E. Dial 875-VOICE to pray for and encourage members of our spiritual family. That's 875-VOICE. The voice of... Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news about another real-life Jesus freak. Born into a communist Cuban home in 1985, Rosa lived under the strict atheism of parents loyal to Fidel Castro. But her great-grandmother secretly shared God's love with Rosa, and the seeds of faith planted by the old woman, cultivated through prayer, came to harvest when Rosa received Christ just a few years ago. At boarding school, she was the only Christian, so Rosa did the same thing her great-grandmother did. She shared the gospel, and now she has three Christian friends she meets with in secret, Did you ever wish for more Christian friends? Maybe, like Rosa, you can make some yourself. Will you stand with the Voice of the Martyrs? Go online to persecution.com. saying, take, eat. This is my body. And then, and then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to him, saying, drink from all of you. This is my blood. This is my body. This is my blood. Do you not believe the Lord Jesus? I take Jesus very literally. He told his disciples, this is my body. 
this is my blood. I believe upon consecrating the bread and juice in the sacrament of the Holy Communion, the sacred elements are changed, are literally changed and seen in the spiritual world as the body, as the blood of the Lamb of God. The bread becomes the body. The juice becomes the blood. In other words, transubstantiation occurs. Now, don't be surprised by this. Don't be. As it is the primary view of the universal body of believers. In fact, the Holy Catholic Church has consistently held fast to the belief in the real presence, along with other Christian groups. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states this. Allow, allow me to read this. The mode of Christ's presence under the Eucharistic species is unique. It raises the Eucharist above all the sacraments as the perfection of the spiritual life and the end to which all sacraments tend. In the most blessed sacrament of the Eucharist, the body, the blood, together with the soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore the whole Christ is truly, really, substantially contained. This presence is called real, but which is not intended to exclude the other types of presence, as if they are, could not be real, too. But because it's presence in the fullest sense, that is to say, it is, a substantial presence by which Christ, God and man, makes himself holy, entirely present. I believe that. I believe what I just read that you, right after the commercial break, from the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus took some bread. You can read it. I'm just reading you the Holy Scriptures. Let's get back to the Scriptures, the sacred word of God. And Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew 26. You can chart with me. Just look with me at verse 26. While they're eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he took, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he gave a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to him, saying, Drink from it, all of you, this is my blood. The demons in that young lady that came with her children, her, her husband, that those demons within, those, within, that, within that precious saint reacted to her participation in the Holy Communion, which brought forth the frightened response, what did you put into this juice? Jay, what did you put into this juice? Well, my friends, I didn't put anything in the juice. I simply just consecrated the juice. And the Lord honored the prayer of consecration and thereby transformed literally transforming the juice into his holy, blessed blood. This is what she was experiencing, my friends, firsthand. She was truly experiencing transubstantiation. She was drinking, partaking of the blood of Jesus and could taste the blood. The witnesses of this event were stunned. A, a Eucharistic miracle was taking place right before their very own eyes. The evil spirits abhor the blood. And violently reacted to the blood that was within her body and soul that she so willingly participated in. They afflicted her, and she too was disgusted as she was in control by these demonic spirits. Now, holy free saints enjoy the blood of Christ, for it cleanses the spirit, soul, and body. And I'll be honest with you. 
the sacrament of the Holy Communion, of the Eucharist, brings you into a deeper, mysterious relationship to Christ. For you, for you are partaking of his very blood, spiritually and physically. I have tasted his literal blood. And I have found divine strength in the sacred substance. Of course, I've taken the blood spiritually. But I've also been honored to partake of it physically. Now, bound souls abhor the blood. Bound souls abhor the blood of Jesus. For it affects the spirits within. The Holy Eucharist is derived from the Greek Eucharista, meaning Thanksgiving. I hope I said that Greek translation right. But it means Thanksgiving as seen in 1 Corinthians 11. I mean, Jesus gave thanks in the supper, and we follow his example. We participate in his life, in his ministry, through the Thanksgiving, the Eucharist, the sacrament of the Holy Communion. Now, this may sound very strange to you. And it's probably strange to your ears because you're probably part of a congregation, part of a Christian group, part of a church, part of a fellowship that doesn't participate in the sacraments, that doesn't believe in the scriptures. When Jesus, in Matthew, for example, Matthew 26, when Jesus took some bread and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take eat, this is my body. It's his body? Yes, it is. Is it his blood? Yes, it is. The mystical body of Christ, the Holy Communion of Saints, are partakers of the divine nature of the Son of God, and as such can escape the corruption in the world. Just look at Second Peter chapter 1. We're partakers of the divine nature of the Son of God. We partake of this divine nature through God's promises. These promises are for you and I. These promises are revealed in sacred scripture. Do you want to partake of the divine nature? You can. We are partakers. Do you acknowledge it? Do you believe it? We partake of the divine nature through God's promises. We claim God's promises for ourselves. These promises are revealed in Holy Scripture. Now, many believers are largely ignorant in the dark of the promises of the holy benefits of partaking of the literal body, the literal blood. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you such a believer? Do you know of these beautiful and pure promises that could assist you in escaping the evil in our day? Do you believe in the necessity of partaking of the sacred elements for divine life and grace? For it is the extension, the sacraments are an extension of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're Christocentric, they center in the person. Of the God-man, God in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ. The sacraments is somebody is for somebody who's already been saved. We believe that justification is by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. You're only saved by placing your faith, your trust, completely in Jesus Christ. Repenting of sin and placing your faith in Jesus. Now, after salvation... Do you not want to experience the deeper life? Do you not want to experience divine grace, divine life? Don't you want to partake of the divine life and grace that is offered to you in the Holy Communion, in the Eucharist? Have you experienced the deeper life? 
that results from entering into union with the sacred elements? As a teenager, I experienced a peaceful conversion to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I embraced his holy word. I believe them to be the words of God. And when I read of the Last Supper, also known as the Holy Eucharist, the Holy Communion, the table of the Lord, I believed in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, for example, when I, I truly believed Jesus when he took his disciples, when he told his disciples this. He says, and he took bread. He gave things and broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is, this is my body. When I read those divinely inspired words, I believed them to be true. Jesus offered his literal body to his very own. So they may know and experience the deeper life. I'm talking about experiencing life in a deeper and fuller manner, my friends. And I believed it with all my heart. When Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood. But something diabolical happened. Something diabolical, demonic occurred in my life that would lead me astray from participating and understanding these precious promises. Something led me astray. I want to share what led me astray. I'll be right back after this brief intermission. in your walk with Christ? China Aid Association reported that on November 12th, police officers from the Anhui and Bozu Bureau of Religion raided a house church and arrested more than 10 believers. Some believers were not released until that afternoon. The police also confiscated items belonging to the church. In spite of these raids, believers in China remain faithful. To learn how you can pray for and help persecuted Christians in over 50 nations around the world, subscribe to the Voice of the Martyrs free monthly newsletter. Call 875-VOICE. That's 875-V-O-I-C-E. Dial 875-VOICE today. The Voice of the Martyrs is a Christian nonprofit organization.
because of you. It's because of you.
not only strength, but provision through the Lord's body and blood. Obviously, the enemy will do anything he can within his power to undermine this most sacred event, this most sacred sacrament, known by many believers as the Holy Eucharist. I'm going to talk much more about this powerful sacrament, how it could be used in nearly every deliverance. I I partake of the body and the blood of Jesus prior to the deliverance session, and I invite the victim of the demonization to partake of the body and the blood. And the results have been astounding. Powerful miracles have resulted because, remember what I said earlier, the Holy Eucharist is Christocentric. It focuses and it's centered on Jesus Christ. That is why there is power in our meetings, because the Holy Communion focuses people on the crucifixion, on the powerful resurrection from the dead. It causes people to reflect directly upon the Lord Jesus. Think about that for a moment. There's much more I want to share. I'll be right back. We're just, we have just begun today as we're dealing with the power of the sacraments, in particular today, the power of the sacrament of Holy Communion in relation to exorcism. I'll be right back after this brief intermission. Azerbaijan, being a Christian and a bold witness for Christ can be costly. Forum 18 News reported that on October 31st, police raided a Christian festival and detained four believers in the town of Kusar, Azerbaijan. Eighty members of a Baptist church were gathered at a believer's home for a celebration thanking God for the harvest. When police arrived, they turned off the gas and electricity in order to prevent the believers from preparing their meal. Police also photographed and videotaped the service and recorded the names of those present. Despite the government crackdown, believers in Azerbaijan remain faithful to Christ. To learn how you can pray for and help persecuted Christians, subscribe to the Voice of the Martyrs free monthly newsletter. Call 875-VOICE. That's 875-V-O-I-C-E. Support persecuted believers by calling 875-VOICE. The Voice of the Martyrs is a Christian nonprofit organization. Stay tuned. Deliverance is next. Parental discretion is advised. Live worldwide. Deliverance with your host, Jay Bartlett. For the next half hour, Jay will be exploring the unknown the strange, the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience deliverance. There are seven 
There are seven sacraments of the historic Christian faith of the church. Universally, there are seven. Baptism, confirmation, the Eucharist, penance, the anointing of the sick, holy orders, and matrimony. And as the Vatican clearly puts it, the seven sacraments touch all the stages and all the important moments of Christian life. They give birth and increase, healing and mission to the Christian's life of faith. There is thus a certain remembrance between the stages of natural life and the stages of the spiritual life. We believe in the sacraments of the historic Christian church. And I believe the sacraments provide power. Are they not dispensers of grace? Are they not dispensers of divine life? Of course they are. For the sacraments are centered in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Many who hear, uh, hear this broadcast may be wondering, what the heck is a sacrament? What, it, what, what is the roots of the sacraments? Of the church. Many people are puzzled. It's, it's very mystical, mysterious, but it shouldn't be. For the sacraments of the church are rooted in Scripture, rooted in church history. They're powerful weapons, my friends. Powerful weapons to demolish satanic strongholds, to bring about deliverance and healing in people's lives. The sacraments, in other words, should be used in the context of exorcism and deliverance ministry. There's power, inherent power, because it is Jesus Christ these holy events are centered in. And in particular today, we're, we're speaking of the Holy Eucharist, the Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. However you want to refer to the Eucharist, to the Holy Communion, to the Lord's Supper, the fact is that it is a sacrament of the church, and we're going to be looking at the power of the sacraments in relation to exorcism on tonight's edition of Deliverance. I'm Jay Bartlett, and I'll be here for the next half hour exploring the unknown, the strange, and the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience Deliverance. This is Michael Tate with a common sense perspective on why the world hates Jesus freaks. When Christians are tortured and killed for their faith, we shouldn't be surprised. In John chapter 15, Jesus told us, a servant is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they will listen to you. The people of the world will hate you because you belong to me, for they don't know God who sent me. You see, anyone who doesn't know God is just doing what comes naturally, looking out for themselves. Our job then as believers is to do just the opposite, love our enemies and pray their eyes be opened. How do you respond to the Voice of the Martyrs? For more on the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. Preaching the gospel in Iran results in a death sentence. 
The Voice of the Martyrs contacts reported that the Assize Court of the province of Gilan, Iran, officially charged Pastor Youssef Nardarkhani with apostasy. The court said the pastor is an apostate because he believes in Jesus and has shared his faith with others. The court files say Pastor Yusuf has denied the prophethood of the great prophet of Islam and the rule of the sacred religion of Islam. He's proven his apostasy by organizing evangelistic meetings and inviting others to Christianity, establishing a house church, baptizing people, along with expressing his faith to others and denying Islamic values. Let the Voice of the Martyrs bring you testimonies of today's heroes of the faith. Subscribe to VOM's free monthly newsletter at 875-VOICE. That's 875-V-O-I-C-E. Call 875-VOICE. The Voice of the Martyrs is a Christian nonprofit organization. that the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, is the partaking of the holy body and of the holy blood of the Lord Jesus. In fact, partaking of the literal body, of the literal blood of Jesus. This is a supernatural, mysterious, mystical, unique, divine act that remains, my friends, in many ways, mysterious. I night mind, though it's very clear, Jesus is always front and centered in the sacrament. For we're his body and of blood. Of course it's centered in him. It's a most holy event. It's a dispenser of divine life. Yes, it's symbolic, but it's much more than that, my friends. Yes, there's powerful symbolism. But it's much more than that. It's the partaking of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. That's why there's power. It's interesting. I just got back from a from a mission trip to the East Coast here in the United States, to Atlanta, and onward to Grand Rapids and to Holland, Michigan. And I invited this one lady to partake of the blood and Holy Communion. There was a dramatic, dramatic, my friends, no denying power that manifested. The power of God manifested on upon her. The demons reacted. <laughs> and the demons said they never experienced anything like that. That they had been in your body for all these years, but they had never experienced the Holy Communion in this manner. Why is that? Because probably this woman had gone to many churches that didn't believe in the real presence and Holy Communion didn't understand the spiritual implications, the divine order of things when it came to the Holy Eucharist. There was a, there was, let's be honest, unbelief probably. I have no unbelief in regards to the Lord's Supper, to the Holy Eucharist, to the Holy Communion. I have total faith that it is we're partaking of the body and the blood. Jesus of Nazareth instituted the Lord's Supper in the last days of his life on earth. In Matthew 26, we read of the special supper. 
But I'd just like to take a few, just a glance at a few passages from this portion of Holy Sacred Scripture. While they were eating, Jesus took some bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered to him, saying, Drink from it, all of you, this is my blood. Of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now, my friends listening to this live presentation, this global broadcast, I'd like to, to share with you. I'd like to capture, just for a moment, some of these passages, a few truths. Number one, note in verse 26, if you have the Bibles with you, and 27, prior to giving the bread and the cup to his disciples to consume, Jesus gave thanks. This was a prayer of consecration. This was a prayer of thanksgiving. A holy prayer that was offered, that set apart the very elements, was given. We too need to offer a prayer of thanksgiving to consecrate, to set apart the bread, the body, the cup, the blood. For after Jesus gave thanks, something beautiful occurred. Do you know what occurred, my friends? Transubstantiation occurred. The mystical, mysterious miracle of transubstantiation. I find it humorous that many within the charismatic movement, many within the Pentecostal church, many of those Christian groups that tend to be very open to the gifts of the Spirit, to the miraculous, deny the miracle of transubstantiation. It's unfortunate because there's divine life in partaking of the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, number two, Little fact I want to point out from this portion of Scripture in Matthew 26. Jesus offered to his disciples the opportunity to partake of his very life. We see the verse, look at verse 26. He gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body. The bread became his very body. He invited his followers to take and then to eat, for it was his body. Eating is to consume. He wants his very body to be a part of your life from a very spiritual standpoint and from a physical standpoint. Number three point, third point I want to make is that Jesus offered his body and then he offered his blood. We see that in verse 27. He offered it to them, saying, drink from it all of you. This is my blood. Jesus again invited this participation in his blood. Do you see now how the Holy Communion could be a powerful weapon, how it could be a powerful tool against the powers of darkness and exorcism ministry. Can you not see this? For we have defeated Satan by the blood. Don't you want to bear the fullness of the gospel, the fullness of the power of the gospel against the demonic, against the powers of the kingdom, against the powers of Satan? Do you not want to bring the fullness of the gospel, my friends? Of course you do. Then invite people in a deliverance meeting, in your home, one-on-one, in a church gathering, in a Bible study, to participate in the blood of the body of Jesus Christ. Consecrate the juice. Consecrate the bread, the body, the blood. And you'll see greater power in the deliverance ministry. Now, number four point I want to make. Notice that Jesus didn't say these were merely symbolic acts. (laughs) This is important to, 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 to look at. He truly, truly invited his disciples to partake of his body and his blood. That's the words he used. There's no mistake of the Lord Jesus. He told the disciples, 
He held bread at one point, but then he says, take it. This is my body. He held just merely some juice or wine in a cup. But then upon consecration, it became his very blood. He said, drink. This is my blood of the covenant. He offered his very life, his body to eat, his blood to drink. The disciples obliged and participated in the Holy Eucharist. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, my friends. Did not the Apostle Paul clearly teach that the Lord's Supper, the Holy Communion, the Holy Eucharist, a powerful sacrament of the Holy Church, is the very participation in the body and the blood of our virgin-born Savior? He writes this. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Do you not want to participate in the body and the blood of Jesus? Of course you do. It's a beautiful act of worship. For believers universally to enter a deeper spiritual level with the Lord Jesus, to literally and spiritually partake of the sacred body and the blood. Think about it. Ask yourself, can one go wrong by partaking of his blood and of his body? There's a movement, my friends, to make Christianity a bloodless Christianity. Many churches are, are afraid for, for one reason or another. To even display the symbol of the cross, the symbol of the crucifix. Just here in my this makeshift studio I have here in my home, just, I don't know, a couple feet away from me, is a crucifix, a wooden crucifix. Above me is a cross. Throughout my home, my property, there's crucifixes and crosses. I believe that our faith is a bloody one. It's filled with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. There's no forgiveness of sins if there's no shedding of the blood, but there is a shedding of the blood. Jesus Christ was crucified. He, he went, endured a crucifixion. He died on a cross. He literally died in, on a literal cross. Not a spiritual cross, a literal wooden cross. That blood is alive. Unlike any other kind of blood fraud, this blood can be partaken spiritually and literally. This blood is ever-flowing, unlike any other kind of blood. We get to partake of the sacred body and the blood. Can anyone go wrong by partaking of his blood, his body? Think about it. Of course not. We will only enter into a richer faith. We will only enter into a richer walk with the living Savior. There is limitless divine holy power in his blood and his body, for his body is sinless. He rose from that same body. He was crucified. He will come back in the same body. And we're privileged to consume all of the Lord, soul, body, blood, and divinity. Jesus is God in the flesh, and we can enter a deeper relationship with him while partaking of his life. I'd like to share with you some of the spiritual implications, how the power of the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist can be used in exorcism. So I'll be right back after this brief intermission, my friends.
They turned off the gas and electricity in order to prevent the believers from preparing their meal. Police also photographed and videotaped the service and recorded the names of those present. Despite the government crackdown, believers in Azerbaijan remain faithful to Christ. To learn how you can pray for and help persecuted Christians, subscribe to the Voice of the Martyrs free monthly newsletter. Call 875-VOICE. That's 875-V-O-I-C-E. Support persecuted believers by calling 875-VOICE. The Voice of the Martyrs is a Christian nonprofit organization. exorcisms on for over 25 years throughout the world and having dealt with millions of evil spirits and thousands of people I have seen them defeated by the power of the blood and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ they have readily confessed Jesus is Lord and have been cast out in Jesus name and I should also add I've seen the power of the Eucharist the Holy Communion over the devil and the exorcisms I've conducted for remember the ex, the the Eucharist Within the exorcism, right, is Christ-centric. It's about Jesus. The devil abhors all of which stands for Jesus. That's why the devil abhors the Eucharist. The enemies of the cross despise and flee the body and the blood of Jesus. I'll be honest, it grieves me greatly when I see believers mock the holy elements of the Eucharist due to misinformation, disinformation, and outright fabrications of this most holy event. Unless you be taken into captivity, embrace Jesus, my friends, in his fullest. As when you do, you'll obtain even more spiritual power over the evil ones. More of Jesus, more of his power. Obviously, in spiritual warfare, many believers utilize various spiritual weapons to battle the forces of darkness. But what about the supreme weapon, the very life of Jesus? For the Eucharist is Jesus, as it is his blood, soul, body, and divinity that we embrace and celebrate. It is entering into the deeper spiritual reality and mystery that contains the very presence of Jesus Christ. I have utilized this most holy weapon and seen it defeat the powers of evil. I have seen countless demonic spirits flee upon seeing and partaking of the body and the blood of Jesus. For the enemy does not desire to be present with the holy blood that is consumed spiritually and physically. I'll be honest, my friends. This is a weapon that's just rarely used, and it's unfortunate. Perhaps you're listening to this broadcast. I'm hoping and praying that this has opened your eyes, that this has opened your eyes, your spiritual eyes, to see the importance of the sacraments, and, and, and specifically the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist in the context of spiritual warfare. As much I want to share, much more, perhaps tomorrow I'll get to it. Perhaps you need to be born again. Just simply say, Jesus is Lord. You've been listening to this broadcast. You'd like to experience the blood of Jesus in your own life. To say, Jesus is Lord. I repent of my sins and confess him as Lord and Savior. My friends, we bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.